Welcome. And now the moment we've all been waiting for. Time for the word. For the word of God is living and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword. The Bible says, if you abide in me, and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Ministering today is our regional pastor, anointed woman of God, an author, a church planter, visionary leader. God has planted a word for you in her heart. Now let's sit back. Remove all distractions. Tune in. And be ready to receive the word which will change your life for good. With excitement, let's make welcome. Pastor Funiel Berlana. Amen and amen. In Isaiah 60 verse 1, and the title of my message today, which is part 3 of our Be the Light. Be the light as we make global impact. Part 3 today, the title is simply Shine. If you look around, for those of you who are in our facility today, you will notice that the lights are brighter. How many of you notice that it's brighter in here today? Yes, it's brighter because... Major work has been done in the last two weeks to replace all our lighting, to upgrade it, so that we are having brighter, more effective light, but at a lower energy consumption, which means that we are optimizing, we are being good stewards of whatever God is sending to us, by providing better service at a cheaper rate. Secondly, the upgrade has also come with sensors. So instead of flicking on the light, by the time we are done with the upgrade, you enter into a room, it is dark, but immediately your presence enters into that room, the sensor will turn on the light. And when you leave, the light goes off. And I find it, I don't think it's a coincidence that this upgrade is happening at the time when we are talking about us being light and shining. Your life should be like the upgrade that is going on in this place right now. Where any time you get into any place and there's darkness, immediately you enter, the sensor picks you up and light begins to shine. And you know, I told you a few weeks ago, I said any time I work in any organization, in the days I used to work, I would go into that organization with my head lifted high, knowing that I am the light of that organization. Knowing that because I am there in that organization, that organization is blessed. I therefore don't go into any organization, no matter what my position may be. I may not be the one in charge. I may, I may just be a humble, you know, one of the humble people there. But I don't feel like an underdog. 
I go there knowing that my presence brings a blessing. And when they treat me anyhow, I say in my heart that it's your loss. I'm the light in this place. My presence here brings a blessing to you. The day I live, I live with my blessing. It's not that the organization will fold up, but it's that there's a certain level of blessing that comes with you as a child of God. And you need to walk in that confidence. Again, the title of part three of our message today is Shine. Period. Just shine. Isaiah 60 verse 1. Isaiah 60 verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. Arise. In essence, if you've been sitting down, it's time to stand up. If you've been relaxing, it's time to begin to walk. It's time to get up and begin to shine because your light has come. And the glory of God has come upon you. When you look all around and you see what is going on, there's darkness. I told you at the beginning, I said, this week I was just, I was just down. Last Sunday, we came here rejoicing, saying to ourselves, we've had a peaceful election. No matter what, it's been peaceful. And we all had hope. For those who, uh, who sided with the winning, uh, uh, with the winning um, uh, what do you call it? With the winning candidate, it was like, yeah, our candidate won. But again, even if your candidate won, in another four years, if Jesus tarries, he will have to give an account. And if he has not done well, in another four years, you have the vote. You can vote him out. And for those who say, ah, my candidate lost. Well, again, in another four years, you have the vote. You can go and vote your candidate in. Beauty of democracy. But in the last one week, it has been as if, what is happening in our nation? Why have we come to a place where we can no longer sacrifice personal ambition for the common good. We, we could sense the heaviness coming upon all of us. We could sense the gloom and to compound matters, we are now faced with a raging pandemic. Again, again, just as we thought we were getting out of the woods. I don't know about you, but I just felt, I felt gloom. I felt gloom. Because I was on the verge of taking a break, of going for a vacation, 
of announcing to all of you, please make sure you all take your vacation before this year runs out. I kept meaning to say that over and over at every service for the last two months, and every time I come for service, I will forget. But I did forget to make some time for myself. Shows how we can be selfish sometimes. <laughs> but having made plans, had to cancel. Why? Because number one, it was going to be around election time, and with all the rage and fury going on around, nobody knew what was going to happen. So it was necessary that everybody stay in their house and pray. And then, number two, we started hearing, hey, another wave is coming and another wave is here. So, of course, plans had to change. All this is not new to scripture. Because the reason why God says we should arise and shine is because he says, in verse 2, he said, For behold, darkness will cover the earth. Gross darkness. But the Lord will rise on his people. And his glory will appear on you. And nations will come to you. And kings will come to you because you will carry the light. You will carry the brightness. We said last week that the essence of light is to show the way. So even as the darkness comes, you, the light, will attract nations. You will attract kingdoms. You will attract people. They will come to you. You remember I told you the story of a pastor in one of the African nations. A foreigner in that nation. When there was darkness in that nation and they did not know what to do. The president and his cabinet sent to this person in the dead of night and said, reports, we are going to send a vehicle to pick you up in the morning. And when they arrived, they said, we have a situation. I don't know, I, I'm not sure whether they told this pastor the situation. But one thing I know that the pastor said to me was, they said, we need God. We need your God. And the pastor shared the gospel, sent the light, like I'm telling you, sent the light today. And the pastor prayed for them. And after that, the pastor was led out of that meeting and they continued with their cabinet meeting and they went ahead and took whatever decision that they needed to take. And because prayer had been made, they took the right decision that all God well for that nation at that critical time. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen on you. Behold, darkness covers the earth, deep darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear. It will be evident that you carry the glory of God. Yeah. And nations will come to your light and kings to you the brightness of your rising. Arise and shine is a command from God. And it is based on what God knows concerning us. 
God knows what he has come accomplished in us. God knows what he has endowed to us. God knows what he has put into us. So when God commands us to arise and shine, it is because God knows that we have the capacity and the ability and everything necessary to shine because he put it in us. We undeniably possess the ability to shine. And if you go to the passage we read today, it says, listen to me, who? Isaiah 51 verse 1. I like the NIV version. It says, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, those of you who seek God, look to the rock from where you are caught and the quarry from which you are hewn. If you pursue righteousness, God says, cast back your mind to where you came from. He said, look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was only one man. When I called Abraham, he was only one man. And I blessed him and made him many. God said, I called him as one person. And he answered, and I blessed him, and he became a great man. He became a nation. He became a nation that has become a blessing to nations. So when God says, arise and shine, he's calling you alone. He says, if you are righteous, if you pursue righteousness, if you seek God, if you do this, he said, I will make you like I made Abraham. I will bless you. And you will become a blessing to many. God doesn't need a crowd to start. He only needs you. He only needs you to pick up your device today and weaponize it for his kingdom. When you are willing, when you are available, when you are obedient, your shine will draw a crowd. Your shine will win territories and kingdoms for God. He said, I called Abraham. I called him alone and I blessed him. Abraham, a man of faith. Obedience sometimes will make you appear foolish, unreasonable, but be obedient all the same. Everybody thought Abraham was foolish and unreasonable when he left where he was familiar with, when he left the wealth of his father and he followed God. But look at what God has done with Abraham's life today. God doesn't need a crowd to start. He only needs you. And when you respond to him, your shine will draw the crowd. Your shine will win territories and kingdoms for God. This is our mandate. Our mandate is to go and shine. Our mandate is to be a clean, pure vessel for God, discharging pure light with high intensity. 
In Acts 26, Acts 26, verse 17 to 18, Paul recounted how he met Jesus Christ on his way to Damascus. Remember? Paul, who was persecuting the church, who was killing Christians, who said that Christians were, they were committing blasphemy. Paul, the doctor of religion, the one who had a PhD in theology, the one who knew the Torah, the one who knew the scriptures, persecuting the Christian church. And Jesus met him on the way to Damascus and said, Paul, Paul, you are sincere, you are zealous, you are passionate, but Paul, you are grossly mistaken, you are deceived, and you are very, very wrong. Because I, the Lord, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. But I want to show mercy to you, Paul. He said, I want to send you to the Gentiles. In Acts 26, 17 to 18, Paul recounts what the Lord said to him. The Lord said, I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. When you weaponize this device, this is what you are doing. You are turning people from darkness and you are turning them to light and from the power of Satan to God. Everything you need is already here now. Your TV broadcasting station, your audience, captive audience. You use WhatsApp, you use uh, Facebook, you use Twitter, you use TikTok, you use Instagram, you use Telegraph, and so forth and so on. And you also have your Bible. You have church in here. All services of this church are on, on your device. You have no excuse not to share this gospel. Jesus said, I am sending you to turn people from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin. When you weaponize this device and use it the way God wants you to use it, you will be turning people to God so that God can forgive their sins. Your friends are waiting for forgiveness. Your friends are waiting for light to shine. The things you send them is not saving their soul. They are crying out every day. They are saying, who will rescue me from this body of sin? And you are on that device. Sending them where the next party is going to hold. And what color you are going to be wearing. Well, at least for the next few weeks, parties suspended. So maybe you can invest that time on weaponizing this for the kingdom of God. Every cloud has a silver lining. 
The silver lining of this time and season is that we don't have any two jobs anymore than to share the gospel of Jesus. The Lord said, rescue people from darkness that I may forgive their sin and they may receive an inheritance of those sanctified by faith in me. People are in darkness and we are sent to bring them out into light. This is our primary assignment. This is what your eternal evaluation will be based on. It is not going to be based on how well you performed at your job. It's not going to be based on how many degrees or certificates you have. Your eternal evaluation is going to be based on how many people you brought out of darkness into the light of God. Like I said, we don't need a crowd. God needs, to, needs only you. He's looking for a vessel of honor, a pure vessel. As bright as these lights are, if the, if the, if, if the um, what do you call it, the thing holding them, I don't know what this glass uh, cases that hold them, if it is dirty, the light will not shine. The light will be there in all of its power, but if that shell around the light is dirty or darkened, the light will not be bright. The light of God is in us, but if we are not vessels of honor, the light will not shine bright. And that's why you must be pure. That's why you must live a life of righteousness. That's why he says, for those of you who pursue righteousness and who seek God, be the vessel of honor. The path of the righteous, we are told in Proverbs 4 verse 18, is like the first gleam of dawn. It begins to shine brighter and brighter and brighter until midday. The path of the righteous. If you are pure, a vessel unto honor, you will find that your light will begin to shine brighter and brighter and brighter. When the weather was still good, I would go for morning walks. And when I would first go out, it might not be completely light by then. But as I will continue to walk as the day will progress, I will notice that it's getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And on clear days, you will see the sun actually rising until it rises in all of its glory and you cannot look it at it anymore. That is how the righteous is. Proverbs 4 verse 18 says, it is like the first gleam of light in the morning. And as the day progresses, it grows brighter and brighter. Don't mind what seems like a small gleam of light in your life. Start today. And you will see your light growing brighter and stronger every day as you walk and work for Christ Jesus. A clean vessel will allow power to flow unhindered, the power of the Holy Spirit. And maybe next week I'll be able to talk to us about how your purity enhances the flow of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life. Optimizing the gift. A clean vessel allows power to flow unhindered. 
When you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you are living the life of purity, there is greater ease of flow of supernatural power. And it is amplified at another level because of your purity. Matthew 5, verse 13 to 20 talks of us. He says we are the salt of the earth. He says we are the light of the world. He said a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. That's living spring. That we are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. He said people do not light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Thank God for electricity. But sometimes you have a power outage, don't you? When you have that power outage and you sort of light a little candle in your house, do you put it under the table? You put it on top somewhere where it can show light to as much space as possibly can to show the way. He said, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine by good deeds. Because as your light shines by good deeds, you show other people the way. Back to our passage. Listen to me, those of you who pursue righteousness. Look to the quarry from which you are dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who gave you birth. I called him alone, and then I blessed him. God is saying, one with God is what? Is majority. You don't need a lot of people, just you alone with God. Actually, God is saying more than that. God is saying, one with God is a mighty, undefeatable army. Just you alone with God. You are a mighty, undefeatable army. God's shine through you is powerful. It is strong. It, is, it can produce mind-blowing results. And I'm going to close on this in a few minutes. Judges 7. Judges 7, verse 7 to 14. One person with God is a mighty, undefeatable army. The Midianites, if you read Judges chapter 7, the Midianites had been tormenting the children of Israel. When they would plant, the Midianites would come. They would wait until it was harvest time. When it was harvest time, the Midianites would come and carry away, destroy the harvest of the children of Israel. In essence, they impoverished them. They made them poor. They subjected them to serious famine and lack. Until one day, God in heaven heard the cry of the children of Israel and decided I will come and help them. Like God wants to help you today. Amen. God wants to help you today. Amen. And God appeared to Gideon and said, Gideon, you are the one I'm going to use to save my people. God is saying to you, you are the one I'm going to use to save the world. You are going to have global impact. And the Lord said, I'm going to use you, Gideon. I'm going to use you, Gideon. And Gideon gathered an army. 
Because when God said, I'm going to use you, Gideon, in his mind, said, ah, we are going to go to war. Called all the children of Israel. They raised an army, 32,000 men, ready with weapons to go to war. God looked at this 32,000 people. He said, Gideon, I don't need 32,000 people. Whoever is afraid and trembling, let them go home. Ah, many of them say, ah, I'm afraid. I don't want to die. Like many of us don't want to die. Mm. Many of us, when we are supposed to protest, we don't want to die. Those little children in Nigeria realized that whether they protested or they did not protest, they were going to die anyway because all those old people were eating their future. They have eaten the future. And the children are going to make them vomit it. They will vomit it. I said they will vomit it. Amen. Amen. 22,000 people turned back. God looked at the remaining and said, I don't need 10,000 people to win a battle. Another 10,000 left. At the end of the day, from an army of 32,300 men were left. God said, that's all I need. That's all I need. You are the only ones that God needs to impact the world, believe me. If you will stand up and do it today, if you will arise and begin to shine, you will find out that God will deploy you like a mighty army. Do you know that these 300 men, when, when Gideon looked at 300 men, he said, I'm dead and they are all dead. 300 men to face a whole army. God said, Gideon, listen. You alone sneak into the camp of the, of the Midianites and listen. So I don't know what Gideon did, must have dressed like a Midianite in the dead of night and went and hid where the army was. And where he was hiding, Gideon heard the Midianites saying, Judges 7 verse 10, somebody, one of the Midianites said, I had a dream. I had a dream. A loaf of bread fell from from the camp of the Midians. It came into the tent and it struck it down and fell. It turned the tent upside down. The tent lay flat. And his other friend, another soldier in the Midianite army said, Ah, that is nothing less than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. God has given Midian and all the camp into his hand. When Gideon heard, he was encouraged. Strength came back to him. He ran back to his camp. He said, guys, 300 men, we have won this battle. And they won the battle. We are winning. Amen. We are going to win. Amen. Because one with God is a mighty army. Not a crowd of 32,000 soldiers, but with one man. Your shine is going to shine now. In the name of Jesus. What are our guidelines for engagements? How do we engage in this work that God has called us to? I'm going to quickly run through this and I will expand more next week. Number one is you must treasure the word of God. You must treasure the word of God. 
Isaiah 51 verse 1 says, listen to me who pursue right, those of you who pursue righteousness and seek God. You must treasure the word of God. And let me tell you, you don't need to tell everybody what God is telling you. When I first gave my life to Christ, I would, I would share. Oh, and people would just look at me like, what nonsense are you talking about? And they would make me feel so bad. One day God gave me a scripture that delivered me. Matthew 7 verse 6. You cannot share the treasures of the kingdom of God with dogs. You can't. Matthew 7 verse 6, it says, Do not give what is holy to dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine. They will trample it on their feet, and they will tear you in pieces. When you tell people Jesus is coming again, when you tell people that our God can do anything, when you say to people, so and, and, and God will bless your soul, when you give them the, the treasures of the kingdom, they, 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 they make nonsense of it. The day God gave me this scripture, I said, ah, I don't need to share everything. The only thing you need to share with everybody is give your life to Jesus and be saved. Some people, you will say, they are gifts of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. They will say, you are talking nonsense. Yama, 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 yama. <laughs> is that spirit? What are you talking? The Bible says, do not give what is holy to the dogs. Don't cast your pearls, the first one. Guidelines for engagement. Treasure the word of God. You don't give everybody your treasure, do you? No, you don't. You don't give everybody access to your treasures. When they come in, you make them sit in the living room and you serve them there. There are only a few people you are allowed to come into your, into your, your room where you sleep. It's the same. All we all the world is to give them the scripture. Give them the gospel. Tell them, start here. Let your soul be saved. The other things you can keep until they mature to that level. And if somebody, every time you share your faith, somebody makes fun of you and laughs, remember this scripture. Don't feel bad about them. They are either a dog or a swine. You don't need to cast your pals before them. Number two, guidelines for engagement. Refrain from unnecessary and unprofitable discussions and arguments. Refrain. Don't get involved in all of that. You cannot argue people to see the light of God. You can't. Somebody who is blinded by the devil, it's not argument that will make them see reason. It is prayer and the spirit of God. So refrain from unnecessary and unprofitable discussions. Politics. There are some things that I would like to talk to you about, about what is going on, but... Again, I have to just keep quiet and not say much because it will be misconstrued. There's nothing that is happening now that is not in the Bible. Nothing in government that is happening now that the Bible has not predicted. That is why we did eschatology. Many of you, you didn't have time. When all of the things we are seeing, the Bible has already talked about them. 
There's a perspective of the world, but there's a perspective of prophecy. And if you are not versed in scripture, if you have not studied scripture, you will just be running around talking about politics. We are the deep, deep things of what is going on in our season is prophetic. Refrain from unnecessary and unprofitable discussions and arguments. Because if you are in the king's army, you cannot afford to be distracted. I've told you, I told you before, I don't belong to any political party. The only party I belong to is the party of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Many years ago when this, first, when this church first started, and there were some things happening, and I didn't understand it was all politics. But I was so naive, I had never been in church government before, so I didn't understand. And I was going to talk. And God said, keep your mouth shut. He said, don't say a word. And you know the scripture he gave me? It's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. He said, the servant of the Lord must not strive. You must not strive. I'm a lawyer, I can defend myself. I paid school fees to go to law school. They didn't come and give it to me in the house. It was... I paid good money for it. I mean, maybe I didn't pay, but good money was paid for me. <laughs> Thank God, because my parents could afford. Good money was paid for me to go. And God said, you must not defend yourself. I said, I know what to say. He said, the servant of God does not strive. You have to know scripture. and You have to be guided by it. So I kept my mouth quiet. 22 years after, here I am. Hallelujah. Here I am 22 years after. I had talked when I wanted to talk. I might not be where I am today. Because I am God's servant. I report to him. If he said the servant of God does not strive, it means that he's looking after me. Has he looked after me? He has looked after me. I kept quiet. I, the keeping quiet was painful. I would be crying. For weeks, I would be sitting on the floor and weeping. I said, Lord, let me talk. Let me talk. Let me reply to these people. And he would say, the servant of God does not strive. It wasn't easy. If you are going to be one person, an undefeatable army for God, you must pursue righteousness. You must treasure the word. You must refrain from unnecessary and unprofitable arguments and discussion. And um, I have a few others, but I will stop on the last one, or on this one. Number three, flee youthful lust. All of you young people, you want to go far? Flee youthful lust. It's not every time your body moves that you have to sleep with somebody. It's not every beautiful girl that comes your way that says, yes, you can have me that you, you sleep with. It's not every handsome man that comes your way and touches you here, touches you there, and you lose your mind until you sleep with them. The Bible says, flee youthful lust. Flee. It didn't even say avoid. 
It says, run. Run from it. Run. There is a place for physical relationship. It's on the marriage bed, not anywhere else. So when I discipline you here, it's not because I hate you. It's not because I don't like you. Again, I'm a servant of God. I'm a servant of God. Am I the one who, <laughs> if you sleep around, is it me? I don't lose anything by whatever you do with your body. It's you and God. The Bible says flee youth, but you cannot not flee youthful lust and expect that you, it will be condoned. Flee youthful lust. Wild oats come back to haunt. They say that the young people are sowing their wild oats. Wild oats? Wild oats, oats, they always come back. Don't sow wild oats. Are you listening to me? Carefully, selectively sow your oats in profitable ground that God can bless. Don't sow them everywhere. Flee, youthful lost. You want to engage in serious warfare for God? Treasure his word. Refrain from unnecessary and unprofitable discussions. Flee youthful lusts. Sexual sin. It's not everything that you see on TV that you practice on your marriage bed. It's not everything that you have access to on your, on your, on your device that you come and ask your wife or your husband to practice with you. Old men behaving like young uh, teenagers. God will help all of you. You have only one life. Make it count. Shine. Let's rise up as we pray. God does not need a crowd. He needs only you. We have a mandate. A mandate to rescue the world from darkness. God wants us to be a vessel unto honor, a pure vessel. And he wants you to know that one with God is a mighty, undefeatable army. And his shine through you will be strong and powerful and produce mind-blowing results. As you treasure his word, as you refrain from unnecessary and unprofitable discussions, and as you flee youthful lust. Let's talk to the Lord today. Maybe as the message went, you found some things in your life that you need to deal with. Maybe you've wasted too much time on things that are not necessary and you have not spent enough time in the word of God. You want to, you want to confess now? Because he says, I will forgive. That's what he says. That's what God does. God forgives us. It's not to condemn. It's to rescue us from darkness.
and receive God's forgiveness so that we can shine. It's to take away and wash away all those clouds that cloud our light so that our light can shine brighter. Do you want to give your life to Jesus? Maybe you've never surrendered your life. You want to surrender your life now to Jesus. You want to shine. You want to be light. You are saying, Lord, forgive me. I confess my sins. And maybe you are a Christian. You've been born again. But some things have come into your life. Youthful lusts. Older lusts. Careless words. Careless treatment of the word of God. Not paying attention to the things of God. Wasting time. Not praying. Not studying the word. Not fellowshipping. Unforgiveness. Bitterness. Anger. All these things are in your life. The light of God is in you. But you cannot shine. Your light cannot be bright. Your light cannot be bright. God wants to wash away all that dark spots in your life so that your light can shine. He wants to take away the bitterness and the anger and the unforgiveness. And the lust, and the greed, and the selfishness. God wants to forgive you so that you can shine. Just go ahead and tell him, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. You're cheating. You think you are playing a fast one. You are cheating other people. Your light cannot shine bright. You cannot be majority with God. Ask God for forgiveness. Ask God for forgiveness right now. And for those who are not, who have never really given their lives to Jesus, I want to pray for you. Jesus, please forgive me. I want to surrender my life to you, Jesus. I want to be light. I don't want to be darkness anymore. I want light. Please forgive me. I repent of my sins. I repent of my life of sin. Are you praying that prayer? If you are watching online, if you are praying that prayer, I want to know because I want to be able to pray with you and continue to pray for you. Forgive me, Lord. Now you can go ahead and invite Jesus into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. That the light of God will come into your heart. That God will rescue you from a life of sin. He did not come to condemn. He came to save. Today's message is about saving your soul and helping you. For those who are already saved to walk in the light and to walk in bright light. Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for everyone, Lord God, wherever they may be watching from. Who are saying, I want to repent. I want to step out of darkness. I want to become the light of God. Who are saying I repent of my life of sin. Lord, you said that if anybody comes to you, you will not, you will not cast them out. As they come to you to surrender their life right now, Lord, I pray that you will forgive their sins. I ask, oh God, you will wash away all the filthiness from their lives. 
As they invite you into their hearts, Lord Jesus, that you will come and be light inside of them. And that from today, Lord God, they will begin to pursue righteousness and seek you. And Lord, that they will have a home with you in heaven. In Jesus' name. I want to pray for Christians, people who are already born again, who have been leading a careless life. You used to be light, but now the way you live has formed so much filth around that light that nobody can see that light anymore. Are you confessing your sin now and telling Lord, forgive me? Lord, I pray for everyone. Every child of yours, Lord, who has been living a careless life. Many have backslided during this pandemic. Lord, many had been living careless lives even before the pandemic. As everyone comes to you right now, Lord, please wash away every sin. All those filthy habits, Lord, please take them away. Let our light shine bright again, O oh God. Father, we thank you. Because we believe you have done it. In Jesus' name. The Word is already working in you. We hope you were blessed by this message. For more messages and information about the church, please visit us at www.rccglivingspring.org.